Welcome to episode 128 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm here with my co-host, Rudy. How are you doing this week? Hey, Tim. I'm doing, doing well. Um, as I mean, I just figured we'd share this stupid thing. Like, yeah, I feel like that was so dumb that we just couldn't, we were having an echo, we couldn't figure it out, and it was something so stupid. I just feel like I, I think it's so amusing when that happens in life, and it's also so annoying, <laughs> just with anything, you know? Yeah, You're looking for your keys or something, you find them, like, I don't know, in your jacket. You know what I mean? Like, something dumb like that. Bruh. In elementary, middle school, high school, right. and like you have your book bag on, and then you're looking for your book bag or <laughs> oh, something to yeah. that level, <laughs> something like that. Those yeah. are like yeah. equally frustrating and um and satisfying, obviously, when you you finally find it. But but no, we got it. We got it figured out. But no, I'm good, man. Just uh, I got one week till break, so I always try to get uh, as much game time as I can in during those breaks. So that's what I'm I'm looking forward to. That. Cool. Christmas is right around the corner. I guess what. Next week, yeah, yeah, yeah. This last week, and then we're uh, we're there. So, how does that work for you? So, like, Christmas falls on Monday. You know, I have that Monday off. I would have like Christmas Eve, but it's Sunday, so it's I'm Sunday, pretty yeah. much just gonna have that Monday, and that's gonna be it. Yeah, we got obviously compared to normal people, it's still <laughs> way better, obviously. But in terms of our just in a vacuum, we get screwed this year because normally Christmas break is a little longer, but um, because of the way that Christmas and Christmas Eve land. Uh, it's not as long as normal, I think. So, yeah. Do you go back like, after the first, like the third or fourth? How does that work? No, the second we go. Right okay. next okay. day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we got a lot uh, to go over. Figured we'd do end of year review, but not do our picking our like game of the year. Cause I have a few things yes. I want to finish up and I'm really Same trying here. to decide between like two or three things. And I yep. don't want to mm-hmm. say anything prior to this. But we're pretty much doing everything outside of naming our game of the year stuff. So even picking like a top five from different platforms, um, Mm -hmm. unless we just don't have a total of five that we would even want to pronounce here. Like, for example, my PlayStation hardly got used. We going into like gameplay stats. All right. So my PlayStation's only at like 40 hours compared to like two or three or four hundred on other platforms. Right. Um, so there's not going to be a top five of PlayStation for me, only like a game or two kind of deal. And then also Steam has yet to right. release their uh, end of year stats. So that's another thing missing from this. But we're going to go ahead and go over like Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, at least do our console stuff. Wanted to still do end of year stuff, still talk about a lot of our favorites throughout the year, all that kind of thing. But just not specifically say the best of like our game of the year, but pretty much everything outside of that. Okay. Let's get into our 2023 year end review. You You can do your Xbox one. Okay. I was going to say, you can do Xbox first because I don't have any Xbox because obviously I play it on PC. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we're going to go platform, platform, and we'll just ping back and forth between them. So I just have Xbox now. You play some Xbox exclusive stuff on PC, but right. because you play it through Steam, we'll get all those stats at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So on Xbox console here, because Xbox is the weirdest of the bunch, is because Xbox is now more of a platform than a specific right. like system nowadays. Um, exactly, yeah. So... Because of that, I'm curious. So my number one most played game on Xbox is Starfield at 73 hours. No surprise there. <laughs> now, does that take my, when I'm playing on the Xbox platform, but on my PC, does it take those hours as well? 
I'm curious about that because it mm -hmm. looks like it does because that seems about on par if I'm going between the two. Because I don't yeah, think I specifically played 73 hours just on my Xbox. So I think it is bringing the two together. Anyway, so yeah, number one, Starfield at 73 hours. Um, super loved it. I know there is so much talk on it not being that good, it being midfield, all of that. Um, I don't agree. I mean, yes, like I'm trying to think, trying to throw them some sort of bone. I could understand maybe certain people not being into it because of it's heavily RPG based, right? It's not really about, right. um, I don't know. It's not like Call of Duty shooting, though, like the shooting mechanics are far superior to anything prior of like, if you were to play fallout three or four, for example, that's a joke. in like the way it handles gunplay, like this actually handles it like a normal game. I mean, it's not, I mean, maybe to the levels of a top tier shooter, like a destiny or a current cod of duty, but it doesn't feel bad at all. I mean, fallout feels bad. And <laughs> so it's like, Somewhere in the middle there, you know, I guess it doesn't feel as tight as Doom as well, something like that. But of I'm course, trying to yeah. think what to compare it to. I guess it would compare to maybe, let's say, a Resistance series, right? Okay, yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, one, two, or three. Like, they were good at the time of release, but things have gotten better since then. So I would maybe put it in that pocket if I were to try to describe. But... You know, it's way more on the all RPG elements of, you know, about equipment, stats to the weapons, modifying a million different stats and all of that to get a superior, like, damage output. Anyway, I'm trying to think of where I could, like, crap on this game. Maybe of it's not good at its onboarding of, like, describing to a player, here's exactly how all of this works. Right, but right. I don't know how they'd be able to do that good because things so in depth. What are you going to get hit with thirty prompts and try sure, to memorize sure, all thirty prompts? I don't really yeah. know how you handle all that because the systems go so deep. This is one of the probably deepest systems when it comes to certain aspects compared to any other game that's out nowadays. Um, it goes really, really in depth in like shipbuilding mechanics. But sure, I guess they could be two or three more prompts than what they are, but maybe trying to find that fine balance of like through updates of like, maybe they can do a little, but I don't know. There's that fine line and they could definitely be in the opposite of like, you know, a lot of people complain about monster hunter, for example, of like 10 hours of tutorials before you even get to actually playing the game. Right, and right. Um, I can see Starfield not want to be, we, we don't want to give you a 30 hour tutorial <laughs> because course, that's yeah, what it would time be. If you were to try to describe everything that you had to use. So, of course, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm definitely a defender of Starfield. I really enjoy it over anything. I just enjoy all of the the questing of just like where the stories lead me with this character and that character and stuff like that, which is what an RPG is all about. And so for me, it nails being a good RPG. So sure. Fair enough. Anyway. Uh, number two game here, Hogwarts Legacy, 71 hours. Two hours below Starfield. Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's like, wow, I put 71 hours into Hogwarts. That's a lot. But I loved it. I mean, this game, yes, the gameplay mechanics are not that great. Um, pretty, pretty shallow right. compared to with Starfield of all these layers when it comes to this or that. But Hogwarts super shines and it's just 
atmosphere and aesthetics and making you feel like you're a part of the world. They do a phenomenal job at that. I, I think they nailed that. Yeah. yeah. I think most people who played this game and like it agree that it's not the best game in terms of like how it feels, but they really nailed the the world and the, you know, the characters and everything. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel that way about it. So so like Starfield's like nine out of ten on my levels. Hogwarts a solid eight out of ten. If I was to throw numbers here and then Diablo four at 49 hours, um, I would throw somewhere in the middle there, let's say 8.5 and where I would rate that, but pretty solid titles. Um, loved all three. Um, Diablo four is definitely like, I'm still currently playing it. You know, it's just a matter of me and a friend of mine. So he just comes over maybe once a week and we just, put a lot more hours into it and then we just run that cycle so um i don't like playing it by myself so it's just a co-op thing with a friend so 50 hours of it being that i think that's pretty good so yeah i'd say so uh total time this was where i played the most on console at 423 hours with 92 games total that i played now um, Game Pass is a big contributor to that, of course. Um, as well as I am constantly streaming it over to my Steam Deck, and Xbox is really good on its network side, so it feels great whenever I do that. Um, so many, probably half, if not more than half, was actually on my Steam Deck than <laughs> yeah. actually playing it through the TV itself, but still playing from my Xbox kind of thing. So, but I think I've mentioned that before. I mean, Steam Deck gets a lot of play with me sure so things awesome um, man. yep so total gamer score i added 3802 points there i've gained 182 achievements over this last year and i've gotten 6307 reward points which that is what i can turn in for oh yeah for the system so like Every like two or three thousand points, I can cash it in for like five bucks kind of deal. And then so I've gotten like, you know, 15, 20 bucks. I want to say that I've been able to put towards this or that. Nothing major, but it's neat. Kind of the same deal with Switch. I'd say it's pretty on par between the two of like the money you, you get kicked back whenever you buy stuff. So gotcha. Now reward points, I can earn points through different means other than just buying. But yeah, you have a few different ways, right? Like, yeah, 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 that's what I figured. Okay. Yeah, you don't have anything Xbox here, but you can go ahead and yeah. do your PlayStation bit and then I'll do mine. All right. So again, I'll just preface this by saying 99% of the games I play is on, on Steam. So my lists are uh, pretty insignificant at this point. But that being said, I played Horizon Forbidden West the most this year, which I was just kind of behind on and I, I beat it, played 43 hours. I actually ended up really liking that game. I mean, a long time ago, I talked about it. Final Fantasy 16, which I have vowed to come back and see it through. I played 12 hours. So I will be returning to that game, I promise, at some point. <laughs> just don't know when exactly. And Spider-Man 2, I literally have only played two hours so far. I just picked it up and put it down. And no other reason than I just been playing other things. So definitely have to get to those two. But yeah, that was pretty much the majority of what I played on PlayStation this year. Not that much, really. So you have a total time of 57 hours and a total of four games. The last game was Shredder's Revenge, and it was like less than an hour. So I don't even okay. include it. Even though that game was fun, we just, my brother and I couldn't link up to play it. So so 57 hours PlayStation, where I'm sitting at 40 hours PlayStation. So 
pretty close there. Okay, but yep. yeah, again, you're dumping all of your time into Nintendo and Steam, which yeah. we will now get in. Well, <laughs> my PlayStation real quick. So Final Fantasy 16, 16 hours compared to uh, your 12 hours. So close enough. Close enough. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember exactly where you left off in 16? Okay, so I want to say, and you tell me if, just to kind of, because I feel that sometimes when I don't play a game for a while and I have the intention of going back, whenever I start forgetting the story, even if I'm not going to play it today, I'll try to remind myself so that I feel like I still want to go back to it, if that makes sense. So the last thing I remember is we went to this sort of like chamber or something. Clive went there. Okay. For some reason, I can't remember the reason. Like he, he, it was like a descending place. He got to the bottom and then. He got a new oh, ability oh, now. Oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Can you I, remind, I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone would care. Can you remind me again? What is it that we were doing there? Does that matter? <laughs> is that spoilery? Honestly, I don't remember though. Um, I yeah, mean, I dude, you're ta- so. it's been months since even I've played, so I, I, don't, I really don't Ugh. remember. I remember being after that bit. You get to a bit more of an open area where it's like a yeah. decent sized field. And I went from one town to another that had like a few houses and did some crystal stuff and got the girl back in my party because she God, she kind of leaves your party for a bit and then comes back. Uh, well, never joins your party, sorry, but just kind of walks along with you. You know, the the main girl in the game. What's her name? Your sister. God, I can't even remember her name. Yeah, is that is it your sister? I don't see. That's the thing. I don't remember any of this uh, stuff. No, 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 no. She just kind of she grew up with you. She's not that's actually. What it is. Are we exactly. talking about the girl who was the icon and she was being like, like yes, yes, exploited and then she came back, right? Yeah. So her you name... you you go with her for a bit. She does her own thing. You join back with her, and I'm mm-hmm. I Jill. Think I'm, Jill is that Jill. her name? Jill. 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 Yeah. And I'm joined back with her in this big field kind of stuff, and that's what I last remember. Right. But anyway not that this is bad whatsoever all right but yeah 16 hours final fantasy 16 and then 15 hours of final fantasy 14 on my playstation now i've definitely put more time than that on my actual computer but in terms of playstation 15 hours there and then twisted metal 2 at four hours i basically played and beat it um with outlaw who is my favorite character in twisted metal and i definitely like I don't know. I just wanted to go back and see how it held up and try to complete it, at least with one character. And um, it was pretty fun. I think it, um, okay. I mean, the, the controls are really bad. But other than that, it holds yeah. up pretty well. So anyway, so total time, 40 hours, like I said, 13 games in total I played. And then total trophies was 34 that I've earned out of the year. So, okay. all right. And then Net- Nintendo, let's go back with you there. You want to, okay. So Nintendo for me, so I most played game, no surprise, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I actually didn't realize that I put 50 hours into it. I feel like I That's barely a good scratched amount the of surface. Time. I mean, yeah, this game's gigantic. I, I've done um, one main dungeon and I was just starting a second one. And I've done a ton of shrines, ton of exploration, bunch of side quests. Um, some oh, so I was set. asking about that an episode or two back to where like I was talking about the fire temple stuff. Are are you getting into that right now? Um, is that the Gerudo yeah. area? Yeah, I haven't actually got to the temple yet, but I'm in the town right now, you know, kind of like investigating. Like, the Okay, you're so, aware of it. 
at least. Right, right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that game, still amazing game. I like the way I've done it. Meanwhile, Breath of the Wild was the only game I played for that whole time. Just got obsessed with it. I kind of like that Zelda's there. I kind of just come to it and go, come and go. And yeah. I never am bored of it, never tired of it. It's just a huge game, obviously. So, yeah. Next, I have Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. I kind of do something similar with this game. I, there's so there's an overwhelming amount of songs in it. Um, I always just go back and play the DLC songs when they come out. Otherwise, I'll play two or three songs at a time and just put it down. And I still have probably like 100 songs left to play, something ridiculous like that. So, um, yeah, the game is really good, and it's, it's one of the best values I've ever seen in a game. It's crazy how much um, content you get. So, yeah. And then finally, Super Mario Wonder, 28 Hours. I got super obsessed with this game. I, I 100%ed it. Uh, I thought it was a really, really great game. Possibly That's one of my favorite games of the year. Of, I mean, you beat it pretty quickly in terms of like I time stop. span. Yeah. But yeah. 28 hours in a 2D Mario. Think about that. Yeah. That's, That's really a, high. That's maybe yeah. That could be the highest you've ever put into a 2D Mario. I think really you could be right, honestly, because yeah. I've 100%ed a bunch of them, and, and I don't remember putting that much time in. So I definitely think it's uh That's like a the length of an content. RPG. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. to the uh, Mario game. Yep. That's a lot. And it wasn't like I was dilly dallying for a long time or something. You know, I was doing every mm-hmm. level. Most times, I'd get everything on the first run through. I might go back later and do a level over. But yeah, awesome game. I mean, to compare it to something, you know, 2D Mario, eight hours max. I mean, you're. Talking I mean, yeah, about they're usually way faster. Yeah. And I will say, I know we we're not there yet, and I, like you, I still have to play other games. But I don't know. At first, the thought of putting a 2d mario in the running for game of the year i was like i don't know if i would do that but honestly the game was good enough that i i would seriously cool. consider possibly having it be my um my favorite game of the year so uh, what we're gonna do is a top three from each of mm-hmm. us and we'll just have to rank them so just yep. be yep. prepped for that <laughs> yeah all right good. okay so yeah you have 170 hours total oh yeah 170 on, hours total yep. on switch and 10 game between 10 games that's pretty good. Between ten yeah. games at 170, you definitely mm-hmm. took each game pretty far. So yeah, yep, good. yep. I know another one was uh, Bayonetta three. Can't remember what other games that were in there, but yeah, yeah. Definitely use my Switch a lot. It's a great system. So okay, well, my Switch here got a lot of love. Uh, yep. 241 hours total between 47 games. Um, Nintendo had a killer year, really did. Yeah. So. Most played game, Tears of the Kingdom as well, at 72 hours. And the only thing, you know, maybe I have some more shrines than you or something, but I only did two temples. I have yet to do the other two. And I've just done a crap ton of exploring because it's so fun to explore. (laughs) So, I mean, what, 300 hours, probably 400 hours, if you really think about it, of trying to... Man, complete everything. I maybe even more than that, right? Because it's like you ha- you have the full base of like let's just say Breath of the Wild, right? Of just right, the land right. part alone. You're talking 200 hours, and then much less the sky and the underground. You're talking not even a minimum of 100 hours per. You're probably talking 200 hours if you were to go through that entire underground. That is a very very meaty part of the game is the underground Um, much less probably another 50 or 60 in the sky trying to complete those different sky island things so i really think you could get a solid 500 hours and it still felt pretty fresh with that amount of time so yeah totally 100 (laughs) percent 
game is freaking gigantic. Yeah. So <laughs> number two top played game, Pikmin 4 at 17 hours. Again, I have huge praise. I also wanted to shout out uh, um, the Game Awards whenever it was going through all the categories. I mean, we said it, but it did win top strategy game, mm, which I feel it's my top strategy game this year easily. Uh, Pikmin 4, super strong title. And then uh, number three game that I played, F099 at 16 hours. The fact that I played an F0 SNES style game for 16 hours, that's a lot. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but I really, really enjoy it. I, it's hands down the best 99 thing they've done. It's great. Anyone who still has yet to touch it. And I mean, I, yeah, I've definitely said it on this show multiple times. I never gave a crap about F-Zero on Super Nintendo. I thought it was very just basic and whatever. And I didn't really get into it, honestly, till GameCube with GX. I went back and played the N64 version and thought it's pretty good. Yeah. But it's not nearly as good as GX. And then the Super Nintendo, I always awesome. felt, was pretty basic. But this F-Zero 99, they definitely fleshed the game out in so many. They just added a lot of gameplay layers. They added a lot of competitive layers. It's it's, it's awesome. very, very good. It, it seems like so much fun. I still have yet to try that game for some reason, but I will, based on what you're saying, what everyone else is saying, just great things about it, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ton are still playing it. Like if you go in there and just queue up for a match. I mean, I played a few days ago and it was still what thirty seconds and I was in. And you got to find ninety nine players. And so the fact that there's that much still I mean, that game has got to be incredibly popular for Nintendo right now. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So that's my Nintendo breakdown there of the stats. And then let's get into our actual like top picks from each platform that we played from in terms of just our personal favorites kind of deal. Sure. So I guess I'll, I mean, my list is not that long really. Or actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Why don't you do Xbox first? Because I don't have Xbox. Go ahead. Okay. You can do that okay. So yeah. Hi-Fi Rush, Starfield, Cocoon, Hogwarts Legacy, and Diablo 5. Those were like, that's my top five that I played on Xbox. Three of those being exclusive. The other two, like Hogwarts and Diablo, that's where I just chose to play. Because again, I can shoot it really easily to my Steam Deck, and I seem to get the best stream performance if I do it that way, compared to like from my PC or from uh, PlayStation, for example, the PlayStation like streaming isn't as good. Now, maybe Portal, you know, maybe it shines there. I don't know. But in terms of Steam Deck, it's not bad. It works. It's good. But it's not as good as my Xbox streaming to Steam Deck kind of thing. So I still choose to buy a lot of games there and then just shoot it over to my Steam Deck. And now you're talking like 10 to 15 hours of playing on my Steam Deck before that thing dies and playing um, awesome. way better graphics than what I could do native, you know, on the Steam Deck. So I like to do yep. that. So no, anyway. definitely a way better choice. Yeah. So, yeah, PlayStation, where are you sitting, PlayStation? So PlayStation, uh, Final Fantasy 16. That's it. <laughs> 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 no, Spider-Man 2, obviously what I played, I liked. But those two were probably all i played on there um from this year that released you know kind of a slower year i would say for releases yeah pretty pretty weird i mean we're both in this camp of not really using our places much but we we are multiple 
multi-console PC. You know, we play right. on anything and everything. So. On anything, yeah. Obviously, if we just had a PlayStation, duh, it would be a lot more. Games, well, yeah, it'd be but, different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my PlayStation only thing like that I actually enjoyed playing on it a lot. Final Fantasy fourteen, um, sixteen. Like I said, I'm just kind of over it, so I just kind of have fourteen here as like a top pick for PlayStation this year. Um, where are you sitting, Nintendo? Some Nintendo of your favorites. Favorites, okay. So Super Mario Wonder, I already explained how much I love that game. Um, Legend of Zelda, also amazing. And Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. So I thought those three were a good combo, you know? Okay. You have, I feel like you have Super Mario Wonder as the quick, you know, kind of linear game. Legend of Zelda, complete opposite, huge open world game. And Theater Rhythm, quick pick up and put down kind of game, you know? So yeah, yeah. Good that was a good combination. I, just, I still think it's funny that people out of the loop still say stuff like, well, Nintendo didn't release any games that, uh, you know, I would like. And it's just so funny. It has like such a variety. No, we just got that WarriorWare game. Um, That's Speaking of which, I should be getting here soon because it's about to hit Christmas. And that's Mm -hmm. a good thing. All right. And um, my picks for Nintendo, Pikmin 4, Fire Emblem Engage. Huge shout out Fire Emblem Engage. Again, I think the story's kind of whatever. But that's not what the games are really about. It's definitely more about strategy and gameplay, and it super shines in that department. Super Mario Wonder, of course. Metroid Prime Remastered, huge shout-out there. And then, of course, Tears of the Kingdom. That'd be, like, my top five from Nintendo this year. There you go. Okay. Uh, Ongoing games, just basically anything that's come out before this year that you're still playing. Yeah, so I, I put Horizon there because I had spent a ton of time playing it this year, even though it dropped last year, technically. Okay. Um, Halo Infinite, always still jump back in, especially they added um, Halo 3 maps, which I love so much. It, they like redid the um, big Halo 3 maps and brought it into um, Infinite, which has been a huge hit for me. I've been really enjoying that. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I've been revisiting it every time they release new tracks, yep. um, trying to go for the three stars you know, on all the CCs, and that's been a blast, man. Really, really great game. So, yeah, been playing those. I actually just reinstalled Halo Infinite, and I'm also okay. curious, how is it doing on Steam Deck? I'm, I'm curious if I can actually get 60 FPS. Uh, I don't know, because I haven't been able to play on Steam Deck ever, because it um it wasn't working, because it had... Oh, no, no, not Infinite. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Master Chief Collection. I actually haven't tried Infinite on the Steam Deck. I remember trying it at release, and like I was getting pretty close, like 45, 50 FPS. And but I want a, a smooth 60, even at lowest settings. I don't care because it's a small screen. But it, I'm curious if I can get that thing going 60 on Steam Deck. If so, it could I could put a lot more I time into it that way. So I want to give that a shot. But yeah, my ongoing Halo Infinite, Final Fantasy 14, Splatoon 3. Um, I do play a lot of Splatoon 3, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So that's where I'm going there. In terms of the year itself, I mean, is there anything more we can really talk on, on just what you think about this year in gaming? I mean, obviously this was one of the strongest years we may have ever had. I think it actually is the strongest year in gaming that we've ever had. If you were to just look at the amount of, you know, eights, nines, and tens of this year compared to any year prior, I feel like it's like three times the amount of the usual. So it's way up there. Um, I will say, I think that this year also, I don't know for sure, but it seems like it's the year that I started playing new 
um, franchises are catching up on on games that had come out already to play the new one. Um, I did that a few times this year, which I was always happy to do, you know, start something new. Like the most recent one being Alan Wake, you know, a game must be really good or really intriguing to make you want to go back and play everything that came before it to then play the new one, you know? So I've done that a few times this year, um, or even right now, I just started playing The Messenger, you know, because I, I really want to play Sea of Stars. I know you don't have to play it, but I've heard they're both great games, so why not, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I'm grateful to this year, not only for the great games we got, but also some of the games maybe want to go back and try older games, whether they were in the same series or maybe a similar genre that's like people have like, have you ever played this, you know, and go back and try it. So yeah, it's been, it's been great, man. And with steam not releasing its stats yet and us not getting to the steam stuff, that's easily your biggest platform. And if oh, it's yeah. not mine, it would be a number two. I'm very curious on that. Like, cause my yeah, Xbox is like 400 and something hours. So I'm curious if steam gets up to those numbers, but yeah. Even without, if not, it would definitely be number two. And we both just use um, PC stuff a lot. So we didn't yeah, even sure. get into any of that. So any of the stuff we've talked now, you know, Resident Evil 4 Remake isn't a part of that. Like you said, Alan Wake 2 is not a part of that. There's definitely some titles that once the Steam step comes out that we also could talk on a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. Okay. And uh, which we'll do whenever Steam release that. I'm, a, yeah, I'm expecting wait. next episode us getting into our Steam um, stuff. Yeah, I think I got it last year on the 26th or 20, somewhere around okay. there. So I assume next week we'll have it. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, that's it, it for end of year review. Um, let's get into the news. I mean, you can take this first one if you want. Sure. So an update on The Last of Us well, online. Well, before you start, were you... Th- thinking this actually happening i wasn't expecting this i i was thinking no. okay delay but i wasn't that's expecting what i thought this. i thought the game probably started off as one thing and i thought that maybe they were getting excuse me they were getting feedback and they wanted to make it more ambitious maybe yeah. and maybe it was turning into a bigger thing so i thought okay you know it sucks that we're waiting so long but no problem they'll they'll get it out eventually but no i was not expecting this so I guess uh, we'll fill you guys in. So basically, we realized, excuse me, an update on The Last of Us Online. We realize many of you have been anticipating news around the project that we've been calling The Last of Us Online. There's no easy way to say this. We've made the incredibly difficult decision to stop development on that game. We know this news will be tough for many, especially our dedicated The Last of Us Factions community who have been following our multiplayer ambitions ardently. We're equally crushed as the studio as we were looking forward to putting it in your hands. We wanted to share with you some background on how we came to this decision. The multiplayer team has been in pre-production with this game since we were working on The Last of Us Part 2, crafting an experience we felt was unique and had tremendous potential. As the multiplayer team iterated on their concept for The Last of Us Online during this time, their vision crystallized. The gameplay got more refined and satisfying, and we were enthusiastic about the direction in which we were headed. In ramping up full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. That's kind of what I thought had happened, right? The Mm -hmm. ambitiousness of it got bigger. To release and support The Last of Us Online, we have to put all of our studio resources behind supporting post-launch content for years to come, severely impacting development on future single-player games. So we had two paths in front of us, become a solely live-service game studio or continue to focus on single-player narrative games that have defined Naughty Dog's heritage. We are immensely proud of everyone at the studio that touched this project. The leading, excuse me, the learnings and investments in technology from this game will carry into how we develop our projects and will be invaluable in the direction we are headed in as a studio. We have more than one ambitious brand new single player game that we're working on here at Naughty Dog, and we cannot wait to, t- to share more about what comes next when we're ready. Until then, we're incredibly thankful to our community for your support throughout the years. So 
I guess for me, when I read that, I understand what they're saying towards the end there about, you know, we had to make a decision about being a single player studio, whatever. Okay, I get that. However, there's have to be people here smarter than what they're putting out to understand when you're managing this, like what you didn't think of this before ever, you didn't understand the way that an online multiplayer game works. So it's just really irresponsible. It's really funny to see a lot of the PlayStation fans come out and like defend this. Like it's, there's nothing wrong, no big deal. Well, I wasn't that excited for it anyway. And well, I don't care. I'll just wait for their single. I don't know. It's, I think if Xbox or Nintendo did something like this, it would be a disaster. You know, I think it would be a mess. Well, because, I mean, think how long it's been now since their last project, right? I mean, yeah, I guess you yeah. can look at a remake, but you know what I mean? Like, Last of Us Part right. 2 came out how long back? 2020. So it's been almost four years because it, or let's say three and a half years. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. And then three their and last the release before that, you're talking way back PS3 days. So it's like... I mean, you got Uncharted 4 there between that. So it's like Last of Us, Uncharted 4, then Last of Us 2. So you got three games from them within, what, the last, what, 10 uh, years? Well, no, Last of Us original, when did that? Last of Us was 2013. Okay, so it's Uncharted 4. And within those 10 years, that's what it would be. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Uncharted 4 was 2016. And then Last of Us 2 was four years later after that. Okay. So we okay. had three years, three years, four years. Now, um, yeah. I want to go back to this paragraph. In ramping up to full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. To release and support Last of Us Online, we'd have to put all our studio resources behind supporting post-loss content for years to come. I disagree very hard with that. You don't have to do that. First of all, you no. can do a Last of Us live service game, but that's right. not what you have. You could do an online Last of Us game, but it not be live service. It'd just right. be like... Any other online game. I don't it just know. has servers running. Yeah. Yeah. You have servers, you have different game modes, you release it. Live service is a different pocket. Uh, why does this have to be that? So there's yeah, one. Now, two, if that was the idea from the beginning for it to be something you're going to be supporting for a long time, why the shift of like, well, <laughs> we don't want to do that because we want to focus on live service? Wouldn't you even right. known this four years ago? like which direction you wanted to take. If you were trying to do a live service game, you would have definitely already um, went into that mindset, right? Of like, well, it's going to be something we support for years. Why the change? Um, did it not? I don't, that's where I'm so confused. Yeah. If that, yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of two paths here. It's either like, oh, well, it wasn't going to be a live service game and it was just going to be a, a normal online thing. Who then the, is Sony forcing you? Right. That's like the only thing I'm thinking is like maybe that's why it's coming off this way is because they can't say, well, Sony's forcing us to do live service. And maybe they weren't. Maybe they were making an online factions game. Right. And then maybe yep. Sony's forcing their hand of like, well, we're doing live service because they're got that's their new agenda. Right. It's like they have like 10 projects um, of live service games. This being. Um, one of the ones that they're trying to do and probably being their biggest, they were trying to press the hardest on them and maybe naughty dogs just like, look, I, we don't want to do this. And they just kept fighting for years. And eventually they're uh, Sony's like, well, okay, you can do single player. And then they fell off completely. 
I'm guessing that's how it happens because nothing else makes sense to me. Uh, if you would have known this from the start that it was going to be something you support for years and it'd be a live service kind of thing, why did the sudden shift now? Like, did you not, did you think that you would somehow be able to do both at once? Like make single player games that take years to create, but somehow also on the side actively come up with content like weekly kind of thing. I just, that feels impossible unless you just have like hundreds of people on that team. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's what happened. I think as they were just making a normal factions online thing and maybe Sony kept trying to force it to be live service. Right. And that's why they got, they bought destinies so they could have uh, them be a huge resource when it comes to helping other people make live service games. And um, so I think I'm right on that. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, they I, were getting upset about Sony forcing them to be live service. I think that's what it sounds like to me, but it's just, it's just unfortunate that, um, you know, we're not getting this at all after waiting so long. So uh, it sounds like they're saying that they have other things they're working on, but how much time was taken away from that for this? Years is, um, and at least a hundred million. You're talking yeah, yeah. tons of money down the drain and tons of time down the drain. If it led to this decision of canceling, just revert back to making it not live service and release it, it anyway as just an online game. And it would fix all of this. So I'd say I don't think it's that hard of a problem to solve, but what do we know? It's better than just scrapping it and all of that money going for no reason, right? It's not like, look, Microsoft can fall back on all of its other products, right? Xbox is like the smallest thing when it comes to Microsoft as a whole. They got Office, they got Windows, all of that mess. Now, Sony, I mean, PlayStation is their biggest. I With PlayStation being the most important, I mean, pouring all that money and just throwing it all away, that's way too important. They, I don't know. That just seems like a terrible decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Unless the game was just really just that bad and just maybe they maybe that's another key factor we just don't know because how would right. we know? Maybe it just wasn't a good game. Yeah, maybe they're saving us from something really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But that's not what they're saying. Uh, but would they say that anyway if the game is bad? No. So Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's what it is. We'll look forward to the next thing, whatever it is, I guess. I mean, it's going to be Last of Us Part 3, as it should. Um, sure. True. And, you know, again, Last of Us Part 2, um, them uh, remastering and put it on PC, I think that is good to do. I mean, especially well, if it's just a $10 upgrade on PlayStation and then PC, I guess you got to buy again. But Yeah, well, we don't have a date for the PC one yet, right? There's no, there's no confirmation no. or anything. Yeah. I mean, I do we even know it's actually coming to PC? Let me see. I don't... I actually don't know. Okay. A PC port does not appear to be in the cards at this time. No, so we don't know. Yeah, they'll probably announce it a little bit later. You would assume the problem is is how big is the wait because with Sony's yeah. current cadence, it's it seems to be like two years or so, which <laughs> nobody's going to want to wait two years for a Last of no. Us 2 PC port. So... But the Last of Us remake um, came a little bit later. But the, to be fair, they announced that right away. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. That's not the case here. So I don't know what's going to happen there. 
I'm just guessing two years. I don't, who knows? Right. Okay. Next story here. You know, there's not too much to say on terms of reading with this new story, but just E3 is now officially over. Dun, dun, dun. We saw it coming for a few years. Yeah. We had a couple of that fake E3 that we, you know, we covered (laughs) that felt very half-ass and whatever. And now they're just, you know, it's just COVID happened, went away, tried to come back, just never could. Obviously, it's a very different landscape because originally the whole point of E3 was the fact of people trying to get others excited about their game in terms of selling it, of like, okay, Walmarts and Targets and Best Buys and whatever, making sure that it's stocked on these shelves. So you have different people coming to this event, trying to shine light on so many things to have it all flowing. Now, because everything's online, there's kind of like, well, what's the purpose of it being at a physical location that's all their thought my answer to that is there's a big reason for it to be on location because it's all like live events happening and us watching and making like bringing the community together i think it's very important i hate all of this staggered bs um i definitely want it to be centralized and be an event that you look forward to each year then it'd be you know, split across 30 events throughout the whole year. Like that's not nearly as exciting. You can't really set up events when it comes to this or that of it being so split. Like I just, I hate the way it is now. And now it's over completely. Well, now it's just even worse unless game awards now becomes that thing that a three once was when it comes to now having a big event and it being at a certain time. So we could all pay attention at once Right, right. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about it. it I, rip, I, I'm rip pretty E3. sad about E3 going Yeah, it away. sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I really used to enjoy having it, you know, all packed into the week and uh, something to look forward to. But, but yeah, looks like it's over. So yep. what can you do? All right, next up, Platinum Games co-founder Hideki Kamiya reveals why he left the studio. More than two months after leaving Platinum Games, Co-founder and the 104-101 and Bayonetta director, Hideki Kamiya, has revealed why he left the studio. In a new interview with IGN, he told the publication he decided to leave because I felt that the direction the company was heading was different from my beliefs as a developer. Without that element of trust, I couldn't continue working there, and so I left, so that I could continue working in what I considered to be the right way, Kamiya said. I don't think of games as products, but rather as works of art. I want to put my artistry into games and deliver games that can only be made by myself, so that players can enjoy Hideki Kamiya games exactly as they are. I decided to leave the company and force my own path to continue making games that reflect the developers who made them. Kamiya announced in September that he was leaving the company. His final day was October 12th, and that same day he revealed he had started a YouTube channel. Throughout his final month with Platinum, his departure and creation of the Hideki Kamiya channel, Kamiya hadn't revealed why he left the studio, leaving fans questioning the decision. Thanks to this new interview with IGN, we know it was about a creative direction. Elsewhere in the interview, Kamiya said he had many deep discussions with Platinum president Atsushi Inaba about his potential departure, deciding to leave it only on to leave only after the two agreed. Anaba also had his own set of beliefs as the head of the company, Kamiya told the IGN. Although his beliefs differed from my own, we talked about it thoroughly, so we were both satisfied with the conclusion we reached. Kamiya said the reaction from the development teams at Platinum was one of the sad, one of sadness, with some even crying in his office while talking to him about it. Despite the sadness, Kamiya said he doesn't regret his decision to quit. Well, you know what? Honestly, if you're going to leave a company because you feel like you can't do what you want to do in a game, and you're also saying you consider games to be more than just games, just more artwork, then I'd say that's totally fair. You know, I don't want him to 
not make the game how he wants it to, or else we'd never have gotten something like probably Bayonetta or Wonderful 101 or any of those games, you know? It makes so. me definitely believe that the big wigs over at Platinum were just yeah. caring about money and trying to get him to do things that he didn't want to do. Yep, I think that's exactly what it is. And he's just being nice <laughs> in his way that he's saying. It. Yeah, yeah. But I don't blame him then for leaving, you know? I mean, he's probably go off and do his own thing and just mm-hmm. make a great game somewhere, you know? It's so dumb that whenever they do this, whenever you have, like, you know, uh, like a, a Kojima or Kamiya or, let's say, you it know, God happening. forbid. Um, yeah. I know Miyazaki was to, let's say, from software was to, like, start trying to push him in a way that he doesn't want to. Yeah. It's, like, so dumb. Like, let these guys do what they do. Clearly, they know what they're doing. I mean, that's why Bioware even fell apart is because they kept being forced to do crap they didn't want to do and look where they are now, right? It's like, when are they ever going to learn that somebody has to be passionate for an art project to become great? Like, if there's no passion there, it's not going to be a good product. That's way more important than you trying to force them to do things they don't want to do you're not going to make money in the end. And now you're just going to lose on both sides of the fence. All right. So, right. Yeah. Agreed. It's too bad. Yep. All right. Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy definitive edition now available on iOS, Android and Netflix. Now I also wanted to take the time to say that apparently I keep hearing and seeing from so many sources that the definitive edition is now apparently great. Uh, they've been patching it this whole time and it's apparently in good shape and I want to test it out myself. Um, because I would love to go back and play maybe not GTA three as much because that's kind of where this new vision sort of started, but Vice City and San Andreas, especially San Andreas. Um, I think that'd be fantastic to go back to and play. I'm curious how it holds up today, but, uh, I think they're fixed and everyone keeps saying they're fixed and um, I want to give it a shot for myself and see what I think because if they are, that'd be pretty fun to go back to. Now, I'm definitely not playing it on iOS and Android and Netflix, whatever, but it did release on those platforms, but I'm just, uh, I think I'm going to start it up here. I just don't know. I don't want to buy the whole collection. Can't you buy them separately? I would like to just buy uh, uh, City, I don't know, actually. just to kind of get me into the mode of GTA Six. Right, right. <laughs> I would like to to do that. So anyway, I'll figure it out. But um, I'm intrigued to go back. So, all right. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember I bought it and I returned it because it was in such bad shape. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, developer Hexworks and publisher CI Games have launched the season of Revelry in its RPG Souls-like Lords of the Fallen. New quests, weapons, armor, spells, snowball fights. <laughs> That's random. And yeah. more. Six new spells, three new projectiles, uh, new boss weapon abilities, seasonal decorations. Plus, it's the only part of this free two-part update with the Trial of the Three Spirits launching next week. The Trial of the Three Spirits update includes three new quest lines, three new armor sets, three new weapons, each representing one of the three gods. Arias, Radiance, and Adders, Roggers, however you say that, and the Mysterious Umbral. Plus, players will be able to change their character's name, body shape, and gender, skin tone, hair color, and other physical attributes, but only after completing a new quest to find the Shards of the Mirror of Distortion. Elsewhere in the Trial of the Three Spirits, players will be able to use the new Grievous attacks. Um, Hexworks says every family weapon has two unique finishers, one for single-handed wielding and one for dual wielding. Another community sought request coming in this update is a storage box that allows players to deposit up to 2,000 items in the Skyrest bridge coffer. Finally, players will be able to rebind gamepad buttons starting with the Trial of the Three Spirits update. 
and they can launch snowballs at enemies and invaders using the snow the new snowball throwable. Lords of the Fall in 2023 season of revelry update patch and new quest weapons, armor spells. After this update, Hexwork says content will continue to hit Lords of the Fall in 2024 with the rollout of the remaining new features and enhancements laid out in the content plan announced last month. This includes refinements to PvP and PvE, the release of a new game plus modifier system, and more. Lords of the Fall in 2023 season of revelry update patch new quest weapon oh shoot i'm just reading the same thing again lords of the fallen hit playstation 5 xbox series x and s and pc on october 13th and part one of the season of revelry offerings of Arias is live in game right now well that's cool that they're still supporting the game you know i'm curious to play it sometime i'm interested in playing this but i'm surprised that such a huge amount of content is still being pushed to a game in this style right i mean it's uh it's a Souls type game, but it's like this is sounding very uh, life servicey for such a title like this. That's, it's pretty cool, actually. So, mm-hmm. anyway, yep, neat. Yep. no, that is that is really cool. I actually really like that. So, yep. Okay. Very cool. Ex Machina Heredity Film Distributor A24 is partnering with Kojima Productions for Death Stranding's movie. Kojima Productions also confirmed the news on a separate blog post on its website. It says the A24 film promises to delve into the mystery surrounding the apocalyptic event called Death Stranding, which blurred the lines between life and death and brought forth nightmarish creatures into a world on the brink of collapse. In the blog, Kojima writes, A24 was born into this world about 10 years ago. The presence is singular within the industry they are like no other. The films they are delivering to the world are high in quality and very innovative. I have been attracted to their creations and they have been inspired by my work. Their innovative approach to storytelling aligns with Kojima Productions and has been going on for the last eight years. Now we are making a Death Stranding movie together. There are a lot of game adaptation films out there, but we are creating is not just a direct translation of the game. The intention is that our audience will not only be fans of the games, but our film will be for anyone who loves cinema. We are creating a Death Stranding universe that has never been seen before, achievable only through the medium of film. It will be born. All right. And we also got that Death Stranding 2 also being worked on. We so did. seems like we're going to lot, and I am definitely not going to complain because Death Stranding, no. again... If I were to think of my favorite PS4 exclusive, it's probably that game. I'm right there with you with the, the excitement over Death Stranding, man. I really can't wait. So I'm excited I'm for so, anything. I'm so curious what Death Stranding 2 is going to do because there's no way Kojima is just going to be like, oh, here's more of the same. It's not happening. I mean, we pretty much got to see the conclusion to what the hell is happening with the game, which we can't get into because it very, very spoiler if you get into all that. But yeah, I'm so lost on, well, where do you, what do you do from here? So it, maybe it's not a continuation. Maybe it's more because, again, you're doing a film and all this other stuff. So maybe the sequel is more just I, I doubt he's going to do what everyone's doing when it comes to like separate timelines and metaverse. Shit, right. I mean, I think we would have known by now if that's the direction it's going. I don't think it's that, but I'm trying to think, well, if it's not that, how do you really continue? I don't know. I'm I'm very, very interested, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yep. 
Yeah, it should be should be interesting. I guess I'll read this next because okay, <laughs> it's very um, in my own pocket here only just because I have been watching One Piece and I'm now episode 128, 129, I think. Uh, moving along. <laughs> it's only like uh, 900 more to go, but no. The One Piece is a new anime remake of the beloved manga headed to Netflix from Wit Studio. And it's called The One Piece instead of One Piece. Now, when I first saw this, I rolled my eyes hard. And I'm like, dear God. So not only a thousand episodes, but now you're remaking it? What the hell is going on here? But the more I looked into it, I get what's going on here. So just before the One Piece anime's final saga begins, it was announced that a new remake of the beloved manga is currently in development for Netflix by Attack on Titan and Spy X Family's Wit Studio. So they are taking the manga and translating it instead of what they originally did was like, obviously they based the IP around the manga, but it only came two years after and they both just went alongside each other, but in very different directions most of the time. So this is more of like, Oh, actually sticking to the source material a lot closer, sort of like, you know, gotcha. does of like sticking with its source yeah, material yeah. a lot closer. So um, knowing that I can sort of be like, it, it's still a bit much because there's so much content of it and to have more, but even who is doing it though. So the news was shared during Jump Festa's 2024 alongside a teaser and some gorgeous art for the series. While no release date or casting information was revealed, it was confirmed it will start from the East Blue Saga, just where the manga and original anime began. Wit Studio was founded in 2012 and has, in addition to working on, sorry, so in Japanese, it's not X, it's Cross, so Spy Cross Family, and the first three seasons of Attack on Titan, has also worked on rankings of Kings and the first seasons of the Ancient Magus Bride and Vinland Saga. Now, Ancient Magus Bride's pretty good. I saw a little, not enough. But Vinland Saga, I saw a lot of. Um, if you have never seen this Vinland Saga, I want to say it's on Netflix. And you should definitely watch it. It is the most hardcore Viking thing you will ever see. And it's incredibly so. cool. I love Vinland okay. Saga. So, I mean, in that art direction, the whole thing is like top tier stuff. So it's the same awesome. studio doing that, I'm like, dude, that sounds pretty hype then. Uh, Vinland Saga gets really gruesome, and uh, I don't know, it's just badass. So. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, uh, Attack on Titan, super popular, but man, is it great. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, the One Piece with uh, the studio who made that stuff sounds pretty cool to me. So, uh, One Piece begins this legendary run as a manga from, I'm not going to say that, but way back in July 1997. It was then adapted into an anime in 1999 that is still going strong today with over a thousand episodes. It also has a live action remake on Netflix earlier this year, which ain't bad. I want to say it's the best live action adaptation that we've gotten from an anime, but I still don't think it's like... I still don't know why you would want to do it, and it's still not nearly as good. 
Um, I still think it's kind of pointless to do these live action things because anime goes so far outside the realm of what you could do in live action. It's kind of the point of anime. It's like, I don't see how you're supposed to recreate these scenes in real life. <laughs> but yeah. Especially like, and, but man, I, I'm been really enjoying one piece. It's it, the awesome. best vibe is just like, it's very studio Ghibli kind of it's very Zelda. It's very just like, okay heartwarming adventure but with a lot of depth and care put into it and it, it, it's just i think magical I, I really really have been enjoying my time watching it um so to see such a studio creating uh material from one piece that's already i think so great um sounds really really cool to me so i'm interested i really want to see what this turns that's out. really cool yeah love that yeah all right Okay, so um, right here. well, we are not because we already run an hour and we'll yeah, we're, just we're up there, pick yeah. up at uh, next week, uh, yeah. digging more into our Steam library. So let's just go ahead yeah. and just get into yeah, like what that. we're watching right. and what we're playing. All right, so um, I um, just started the messenger maybe an hour before we uh, came on here. I was looking for something new, something that's specifically portable I wanted, and I was like, I really love the convenience of the switch but ultimately i ended up getting on steam deck just because i like having it in my steam library forever you know so um and being yeah. able to play on the pc if i ever want to so yeah so i got it on there i only played for like an hour really like it so far right up my alley i don't know why i haven't played this game before but yeah it's really fun so i mean it's basically ninja Gaiden four <laughs> it's like ninja yeah, Gaiden one yeah. through three are fantastic nes games and mm -hmm. the messenger is just like it obviously has that style well I don't. Do you know the whole gimmick of this? Maybe I shouldn't say. No, I'm not gonna say. Not really yet. I don't it think so. It changes. So just heads up. Um, in a okay. really, really, really cool way. Um, but it's for sure just Ninja Gaiden Four in my head, and I think it's fantastic. So. Um, gotcha. Okay. I mean, the quality yeah. shines through so hard. <laughs> I really, this. I really like what I played so far. So. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um. So yeah. So I got that. Uh, Super Mario, or let me do Alan Wake 2 first. Alan Wake 2, I'm still trucking along. Yeah, I've just been so busy. I haven't played that much. I played for a while today. Um, absolutely loving the game still. Very, very good. I got to a point now where I can um, switch whenever I want. So what I've been doing, I was kind of trying to decide of how I wanted to proceed within the rest of the game. Yeah, I don't know what and to I do just, myself with that. Yeah, I went to IGN and I was curious what what if I went to like walk through like how they would do it. Yeah. So I've been following theirs. Theirs seems to do like for example, it does Saga twice in a row, then Alan three times, then Sa Saga twice. Alan twice. So I don't know okay. what their particular method is, but I'm just gonna follow this and whatever, <laughs> see how it goes, you know. But yeah, I'm loving it. It's getting a little more. It's just so creepy. Anytime I'm out and I'm like, uh, every encounter feels like, oh man, here we go. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like, like uh, I love Resident Evil, for example, but those encounters don't always get me on. This it. feels like, far whatever. more intense. Yes, yes. Yes. Every time I'm like, oh, yeah. here we go. Got to get ready. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm loving it, man. The story. I really love going to the mine place, piecing together the um the the case and sticking the the pictures where they go doing the profile i think yeah. it's all so cool i don't think any of it is annoying or unnecessary i think it's all so good so yeah i'm loving this game so much cool. um and finally uh super Mario rpg so i had an interesting time with super Mario rpg because when i first started i was like 
you know, I had heard so many good things about it. And so I went into it kind of thinking, okay, this is gonna be awesome. And so I started and the first few hours I was like, this is okay. I'm not really loving this. You know, it's all right. I, I kind of felt like I was doing like the same thing. I wasn't really loving it. And then um, even despite that though, I still wanted to play it every day. And I got to a point where I just started really like playing a lot. And I think the more I leveled up, the more abilities I got, even though most times I would just use my normal attack, um, new weapons. And I don't know, as that started to happen, I started kind of enjoying it more. And the battle started to become more fun. Um, and new new crew members. Like once I got Bowser and Peach, I was like, oh, I love these three. This is like my crew. And yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that I did like a complete 180. Like, oh my God, I think the game is amazing now. But I do totally understand why people love it now. I think it is a very good game. Um, it has some shortcomings. But then again, it came out a long time ago. And it, it influenced games in a really big way. I can see that now clearly. So yeah, so I ended up coming around on it quite a bit. I still probably don't love it as much as uh, some of you guys do, but I did really end up um, enjoying it. So I'm glad I played it. And that was the last mainline Mario game I had never really played, you know? So yeah, so yeah. yeah. So I'm all caught up I now. feel you're yeah. having a similar journey to where, okay, remember, uh, so I was playing Final Fantasy VI, and I was like a few hours in, yes. and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I get it, but it, it just feels so in the past and whatever. But then, like, as I kept going, I kept falling more and more in love with it to where right. um, now I'm, like, close to about to beat it. And now I'm like, oh, I totally understand and get it. And I guess it's just um, takes a while where that game is very fun, very long to where this is a Super RPG. Oh, yeah, much not. shorter. Super RPG is, <laughs> like, what, 12 hours, 15 tops to where Final Fantasy VI was 40 hours i feel like i've put like, like that, 30 yeah. hours into this thing I've, and i'm still not done i'm like jesus christ i was not expecting this but sumo rpg though my biggest praise towards the game because i'm about to finish it myself here i've been playing it a lot i want to say pretty much every two hours you can expect oh um it feels very different like okay well First two hours, I have this weapon. Next two hours, I now have this weapon. Next two hours, I now have this weapon, right? Or uh, next two hours, now I have this new party member. Next two hours, now I'm in a completely different environment. Like, the pacing is really good. You never feel like you're in one area for too long or doing the same thing too long. They're really good about throwing new things your way. And I think that's, like, my biggest price towards the game is it feeling fresh throughout and throwing new things for you. So. Yep, yep. That's what I liked about it. I am. I'm glad I ended up playing it. I'm glad I came around and, um, you know, still had some shortcomings that maybe not love it as much. I think, but I definitely ended up liking it quite a bit more than I was enjoying in the beginning. You know, so. Nice. I mean, now that yep. you're done, I mean, one through ten. Let's hear it. I mean, where are you throwing? I, I'd probably, I'd probably give it like a. Probably like an eight out of ten or something like that. Okay, somewhere, okay. somewhere in that range. I think it's definitely a good game. I think it has a lot of charm to it. I think it's very fun. It is very simple, but then again, it was one of the first, you know, to yeah. really try to to approach it that way. So, yeah, no, I ended up, I ended up enjoying. It. And you know what? There's other things I didn't do in the game that I'm sure you could have done. Some extra things that I never um, checked out. So, yeah. But overall, really, really liked it. Um, but I know we mentioned it, but like Alan Wake Two right now. 
the reason why I'm so hesitant on terms of like what's game of the year is because I'm just loving it so much. I need to see how I feel by the end of it, you know, right now, which like, is incredible. one of mine as well. I have to have it right. done before I'm going to make a call here because I'm bouncing between three and um, I, I definitely want to finish them all before I say anything. So, okay. Yep. Um, so I got around to playing Asgard's Wrath 2. Um, I've been pretty, yeah, I've been pretty sour on VR, I'd say. Um, sure. I just don't think it's quite there. Um, the only great experience I've had when it comes to a game is Half-Life Alex. Anything else is like, oh, this is cool. But after a bit, I get pretty tired of it. And it's just kind of like, it's neat for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, eh, I'm over it, right? Half-Life Alex was the only thing that actually I thoroughly enjoyed throughout the experience and didn't get tired of it or anything. Um, but it's like, okay, one title doesn't do enough to purchase a whole platform for. Um, I'm not saying that it's the only good thing. There's plenty of other, again, good experiences. But for me, I just kept getting really like, I, I never thought it hit the quality of, well, if I turn on my PlayStation or Xbox or Switch or anything else, I feel like I'm having way better gaming experiences. So even though I'm in VR and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like I got tired over the gimmick over the years, you know, it's like, uh, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. Just the fact that I'm in VR and now the game can be a lot worse, but because I'm VR, I'm going to rate it higher. I just, I'm, I'm not in that mode anymore. I've, I, I've all of that new freshness of being wowed by the VR I've, I've surpassed at this point. And now I just want a good game and you know, it VR can help uh, make it be a little fun or a little better experience and all of that. If it was already solid to begin with, but I just never feel like things can stack when it comes to, um, I don't know, uh, Tears of the Kingdom or an Alan Wake compared to something you're going to play in VR. It's like not even close. So I'm just not going to play in that space. But anyway, Asgard yeah. 2 came out. <laughs> IGN gave it a 10 out of 10. A lot of reviewers are throwing 4 out of 5s, five, 5s five, out of 5s, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Greatly high. This has got to be the highest rated review scores for a VR title outside of maybe Half-Life Alex, but it could be uh, superior to it. I'm curious about that when looking as a whole. Um, I guess we can see, right? And let's see, like, I know Metacritic's not the end-all be-all. Calm down, but let's see here. So Asgard's Wrath 2. If I could spell it correctly. Here we go. Oh, they do the number two, but the actual title is two eyes. Anyway, so um, sitting at a 94. That's wow. Pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so um, I was like, well, you know, screw it. I bought it day one release. I actually technically pre-ordered it the night before and it came out. Yeah, it came out last Friday. And I'm going to put about, let's say, three hours, four hours in at this point. Okay. Um, what do you think? I don't, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if I'm just a VR hater because I, I'm like, 
It's well, listen, if it's if, if it's ten out of ten VR, the way they talked about it, I, I was I would think that your reaction would be stronger than what it is now. So hey, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just not as good as you know. I mean, that's the thing. It's not nearly as good of experience as any of these other games that are coming out on other platforms. But you know, it is in VR. It is. I mean, it's a lot better than other stuff that I've played. I'll give it that. But I'm still just sitting out like, man, this is like a seven at best. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It's it still, it looks like, first of all, the graphic aesthetics. I mean, you're talking like, let's say 360 levels. You know, it's not bad. But it's got, it's different. Because you know, you know what it's like? It's like a mobile game that's like top end. Where like you know it, it like shiny, but it still has like rigid edges. I don't know how to word it. It's just um, it looks great in a lot of aspects, but it, like if you look at like a rock or a wall or anything, it looks pretty rough. I mean, it that it looks like a mobile game. It really does. That's the best way I can do it. To where like some stuff super shiny, but as a whole, it still looks um, I don't know pretty mobile aesthetic like gotcha. what you would get out of um if you had a top end phone right now playing whatever game that's pretty much how it would look but i don't know so i it's like it's like in that seven range for me it's like it's pretty good but i don't understand this like oh my god i'm completely blown away this is the best experience i've ever had i'm so happy vr right, right. now this is the game changer i just don't feel that I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fair. Hey, um, it happens sometimes. I don't know. You know. I'm playing combat, for example, right? Okay, this is cool. I got a sword and shield, block and stuff attacking. But when I'm attacking things, I don't feel any like, like when I'm playing any other like action game, like God of War, Zelda, whatever. I'm feeling <laughs> the impacts of the hit pretty strongly, and it feels great. But like in this, I feel like I'm just kind of like awkwardly swiping away. I feel like I'm just like going through the enemies when I attack. And unless I'm seeing number indicators, I can't even like really tell if I'm really hitting it right or not. Or it just feels, I don't know. feels like um, better than like we day stuff, but it's like, it's right. like I'm playing red still three or something. It's like, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't feel the impacts of things that great and it feels very gimmicky and very just weird. And I'm just, I, I'm pretty underwhelmed and I, yeah. you know, I dropped 60 bucks on this and expect expecting it to be. But when I see, when I watched any of the reviews or read any of the reviews, they all keep saying, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little dated compared to like current games on other platforms, but for VR, it's amazing. And it's like, yeah, that may be the case, but I, I don't. Then why are you throwing a ten at it? I mean, I guess it's, you right. could then say it's a ten out of ten, uh, considering VR. Right. But I don't know. Despite that, that yeah. yeah, because yeah. Every, I don't know. It doesn't. It's not nearly as good. But they're saying like it. You're talking like full blown ninety hour RPG, hundred hour RPG. The iGem reviewer he put a hundred and three hours into it, all in VR. I'm like, dear God. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm only three hours in, you know, I'm going to keep playing it. I already bought it. I'm really trying to get convinced by it so far. It's, I don't really see it, but you know, maybe I come back in two or three weeks and I'm like 30, 40 hours in and I'm like, okay, 
this game's a lot um, more in depth than I ever thought. And yeah, the combat, because I saw some reviews saying the combat was the weakest part of the game. And yeah, I mean, the combat's kind of cool in the level of like throwing an axe and then doing the thing that Half-Life Alex does where like you can pull it back towards you and it just like uh, do like this, like throw it halfway across the room. It's sticking to a wall and then you like, pull a tether back and it zooms back into your hand it's like oh it's pretty neat and it hits stuff on the way back right but again that feedback just doesn't like i'm playing with the oculus controllers and they're pretty like great in the way it's feedback does but it still just doesn't feel that solid i don't know um but yeah i saw a lot of people say that but it's more of like about the adventure and the rpg and the wildness of it and the full world as a whole and how massive it is and all of that and so you know Maybe um, I just need more time with it, and maybe it's just a matter yeah. of like you with some more RPG to where like in the beginning you're whatever and start to like it the more you get into it. So I'm too early. Maybe that's all it is. But uh, yeah, it, it could be. But I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are a week later. I I have a feeling this may be. You know what? I could be totally wrong, but I feel like this could also be. Oh my god! There's not enough. You know, like okay. Most people, when they think of VR, some people enjoy it, right? But I don't think almost anyone would be like, this is as good as a normal game, right? Yeah. So now that they got something not. that maybe they feel really good about it, then they start making the crazy claims, right? Oh my, this is just as good as a, you know, a full-blown RPG, you know, but is it really? I Let's say I was playing it on a TV, right? Right. And right. I'm sitting down with a controller playing this game. Dude, a six at best. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that would definitely make it worse, yeah. So it's like so much is riding on the fact that it is VR and you're like, whoa, the world's all around me. This is cool. And walking up to an object on the wall and all of that. But again, I'm, I'm years into having a VR. I'm over all of that stuff. I'm not being wowed by like walking around a world of VR anymore. Now I just want the game to be good. And it's not really doing that for me. Like, it's okay, but it's, you know, six or seven at best. I wouldn't even want to say seven. I'm at a six, you know, <laughs> just how the game is. But I just started. Uh, yeah, we'll see. All right. Something I was blown away by, Tekken 8. I downloaded the demo. Um, again, I'm sitting there trying to pick my fighter, and I am landed on Mortal Kombat. Um, funny enough, I got a... I, uh, coming as like a Christmas gift, so I'm not playing it currently. But by Christmas, you know, by next week, uh, I'll be able to talk Mortal Kombat uh, one, and that's where I'm putting my eggs in because I'm trying to decide. I mean, you got Street Fighter Six, that, and Tekken A, and I'm like, well, I can't be playing multiple fighters, and I suck at fighters, so I really just want to stick to one. But I wanted to try out this Tekken Eight. Maybe you know, maybe I do want to go ahead and jump over Tekken. Anyway, played the demo, blown away by it. I mean, this is Unreal Engine Five. This looks incredible, plays incredible. Talk about feeling the hits. Uh, I mean, the demo's pretty fucking strong, and you get like the first chapter of the uh, game. Um, there's a lot of meat with this demo, just fighting different characters versus mode against the computers or playing two player or whatever. Um, you get to play a bit of how the arcade mode works of like ranking through arcade. So you almost get like a 360 avatar type character 
I, Street Fighter did the same thing, basically, of like, okay, you're this custom character that you create, and then you go and do all of these like online matches, but it's through a like arcade ranking system thing. I don't know, but gotcha. it was really, really neat of just going through the arcade stuff, going through the main story. Um, they also have a mode of Tekken 8 of like, okay, you have the main story, but then you can also play these like side stories with each character having their own little stories to also tell that you can play through. Um, but just the way it plays and looks, just when you're in the combat, I mean, I played uh, Mortal Kombat 1 and Street Fighter 6 and now this, and I feel this does look and feel the best when it comes to all three. I, I'm i shocked at how, uh, okay. I don't know, just great it is. <laughs> and now it has Very me cool. being like, man, uh, I don't know, I might uh, pick this up at release. It's really sold me. So I really urge people to try this demo out and see what you think. I, I think you're going to be blown away by it. I think it's great. So That sounds awesome. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I, I haven't played it. Tekken game in a long time. So, Oh, it game. also gave a bit to where you can go through each game and get like its synopsis of the whole title, what happened in the story. So I just went and watched them all, one through seven, and it just gave a little um, oh, that's sick. summary of each game. So now I'm actually caught up with knowing what the characters are and what they've done in the past and all that. And it's led up to this point. And I didn't know they connected so well story-wise, but they really have of like, now it's like at some big major climax that's been building since the first game. And everything is like overtaken by this evil uh, guy that has so much of a big army that he has at his disposal over the last couple games of build up. And the first battle is basically like demon versus angel. And it was super epic. Uh, I really loved it. I really loved it. So that's awesome. Huge right. praise there. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Yep. Wrapping it up. Uh, I'm gonna go play some Messenger. I think maybe awesome. some Alan Wake. We'll see. But uh, yeah, man. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. Um, actually. Next week, what, Sunday's Christmas Eve? Yeah. We'll figure um, it out. We'll, we'll figure I, out a way. That I've been thinking about the last two weeks. I don't know what to really do about. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe we just skip an episode and then yeah, we maybe. just uh, don't have another episode till. Yeah. So, okay. Let, let, let me think of this here. So it'll be the 24th. It'll be Christmas. We won't have an episode then. And then we'll record again the 31st. I think that's tall. Yeah. We'll just skip an episode for Christmas sake yeah. and uh, come back the week after. And then that'll give enough time for enough news to build up and stuff too. Oh, yeah. It's going to be super dead anyway. So Yeah, and my goal is hopefully during the break to um, play through Alan Wake, but we'll see. Yeah, and that'll give us enough time to where we can just really not think about trying to play something just so we have something to talk about. We have a good enough time break here right, to really right. just get into the meat of some things. So. I know um, Alan Wake 2 is not like some 40, 50 hour game, but when I'm playing it, it feels that way. But Dude. it's it's a weird feeling because it's like I'm enjoying this so much. I don't I don't want to rush it, but it feels huge to me for some reason, because I feel like there's so much to look at, so much to investigate. I you thought know? I was halfway through, but you're saying like you switch back and forth how many freaking times? I'm well, like, according to this, it looks like. <laughs> What's the halfway point? I would love to know. <laughs> well, here, let me just tell you, right? So there is 
nine chapters that Saga plays, right? Including chapter zero. So let's just say 10. Okay. And there are uh, and there are eight chapters for Alan. So, so I guess about, like, I'm only like total. it feels like I'm out like a fourth of the way through then or a third of the way at best. So yeah. I'm on one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm about to wrap that up. So I'm like a third of the way through, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, man. I'll see you later.